so pretty out there this morning. Almost wanted to just set the chairs up out there, but I knew it was going to get hotter. Glory to God. Very timely word there, Brother George. Good to see everybody. How y'all like the new church? (laughs) Well, we're we're very thankful to be here. God has a way of making everything work out, you know? I think we doubled in size anyway. The structure and the people. Glory to God. I used to always say, boy, if we could just get everybody here at one time. I used to joke and say, I got more text messages from people on Sunday morning saying why they weren't going to be there than the ones that were there. You know, if we could just get them all there. (laughs) Oh, watch how this word ties in today with the Lord's help me, George. Amen. I've been putting the fleece out, as it were, for uh, for for the Lord, for uh, for Brother George. If it's really you, God, I need to see me. And so, corporate ministry, when there's an anointing, when there's an apostolic atmosphere, if God is raising up a minister, He'll be coming off of my anointing. You see, and so without me saying anything to Him, that word should tie in. To what I'm, what God has for me to bring that day, and so far every time it has, Amen. 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 See, I'll be praying for George and encourage him because it's, a, it's a rough road that he's chosen, that God has chosen for him. Amen. Amen. Make no bones about it. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord! You know, Jeremiah ten twenty three says. Jeremiah was very smart. He says, I know it's not within man to direct his own steps. This was a, an acknowledgement to God, an understanding. And listen, I know we'll foul it up every time without you. Yet we keep on trying to do things in our own strength, in our own way, in our own time. I know I do many times. And I know better. You know, even even things, little things, like think, I can say this because y'all are all here, but just like coming to church, you know, I'm too busy. I got too much to do. And what we're saying when we say that is, if I give that part of my time, that part of my day to God, I'm going to suffer loss. You see? It's unbelief is what it is. Because the Word teaches us that we can't outgive God. We never will outgive God. He won't allow that to happen. He's too full of pride for that. You know that Jesus is the only one that walks full of pride and he's entitled to? It's, it's not a sin on his behalf. <laughs> because he is that awesome. <laughs> but when he was here, he was the most humble example for us. Amen? Now when he comes back, He's not going to be a suffering savior. He's going to be a conquering king. That's right. When he busts open the eastern sky. 
Hallelujah. Let's just look at that scripture George just had. John 8, 31, 32. Because I heard somebody... This past week, quote half of them passages of scripture, just one of them. The second one, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And she's a she's a somebody from Houston that never got my vote. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> uh, John eight thirty one and eight thirty two. Jesus was talking. And what's he say here? If you abide in my word. If you live by my teachings. If this is the focal point of your life. If you bounce everything off of this word. All your choices. All your decisions. All your words. (laughs) Lord put a guard over our mouths. If you abide in my word, where was it? You are truly my disciples. What's the last instruction he, he gave before he went up to heaven? He said, Go into all the world and make converts. Disciples. Don't just get them to say a prayer and chalk it up on your chalkboard. <laughs> Run back to church. Leave them where they are. And run back to church and tell them how many you got that day. <laughs> you know that person can end up worse off than they were before. People are supposed to be discipled in this word. We're supposed to grow in it and live it. Learn to love it. And learn to trust it. We're not going to live by something that we don't trust. I wonder how many people hear that song for the first time. You're a good, good father. And they say, B.S. What's a good father? I sure didn't have one. If he's anything like mine was, I don't want nothing to do with it. People have to be taught. They have to be loved on. You have to build relationships based on people's strengths, not their weaknesses. You have to love on them until they feel better. God wants to heal them everywhere they hurt. The acronym for this church is HELP. Heal, empower, love, and prosper the body of Christ. And we have to receive that same help first. Just like the oxygen mask dropping down in the plane. You don't put it on the kid first. Not because you want them to die. Because you want to be alive to help them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we can help others with the same help that we have received. Amen. What was it? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You hear that all the time. Truth will set you free. Say the whole thing. Jesus is the truth. The way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Him. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Amen? Amen. Isn't that what it says twice in the Word that I know of? Look over in Proverbs chapter 3 for a second. I like that proverb. Most people know a couple of the scriptures from there. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. How many of you would like to live a peaceful, long, healthy life? (laughs) He says, that's all here in the word. If you abide in my word. You're truly my disciples. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that we chase after will be added to us without us chasing after them. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Any of you ever been rich and it seemed like a little bit of hell? It ain't money that makes us happy. Don't get me wrong, it's good to have it. (laughs) I'd rather live with it than without it. And I'm trusting God to, to bless me, but His way. You see? Keep blessing me, Lord, but don't give me anything that's going to destroy me. Help me to be a good steward of everything that you put in my care, Lord. And as I get better at stewardship, add to me. That's fair. That's an awesome prayer. It's honest and it says what I said in the beginning. I know it's not within me to direct my own steps. Don't give me everything I ask you for. Give me the things I ask for that are according to your will. You are a good, good father. And just like I'm not going to give a kid everything he asks for because sometimes he doesn't know what he's asking. I know an $80,000 Corvette does not belong in the hands of a 16-year-old kid. Amen. Amen. It just doesn't. (laughs) They need something they can bang up a little bit. Something safe. (laughs) Safe for them and others. Amen. Proverbs 3. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. He's still talking about the word. Make it so precious to you. Listen, this isn't a list of commands anymore. The motivation... After this blank page between Malachi and Matthew changes everything. Before it was the law. Now God's just waiting to see who's going to choose him because he's awesome. He's looking for a family. And listen, you got to start somewhere. 
But the day you start, and the day you start writing down his track record of faithfulness in your life, you know what's funny is you'll start with the big things. And then, as he becomes the best friend you have or ever will have, the only one that's there for you sometimes, even when others mean well, you'll start noticing him in the little things. And sometimes it'll just overwhelm you. Just, just walking out and seeing the sunrise in the morning. Whatever. But uh, he's that good. Man, I get lost. I think about it so much. <laughs> so you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. That's, he's talking about wisdom that comes from the word. All these things will be yours in abundance if we only believe it. If we only believe it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will. There's a promise. Circle it. Make it your own. Remind Him of it. He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Boy, I have this one underlined in parentheses. (laughs) Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits, not the leftovers of all your produce. I don't mind talking about giving to the church because I don't take anything from the church. Puts me in a good position. I thank God for the work He gives me to do. Because I can tell people how important it is to give. That's why I always tell the story about how when Tavana and I went from riches to rags and we was driving jalopies and and we sent out for Christmas I don't know how many dozens of car titles. We signed them over with a beautiful letter as a gift to everybody that didn't pay us and we couldn't find and none of them came back <laughs> because God gave me a dream and he showed me all these beautiful trees holding those cars up on the top of them like that and I knew because I asked the angels that were sitting on the bench there is that God? yes <laughs> darn <laughs> and now you go look out in the parking lot we both drove separate today we have both five new cars I mean, as new as we want, we don't need the $80,000 Corvette either. (laughs) I don't even want to make an insurance payment on something like that. (laughs) Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I don't have to translate that analogy for you to understand that it, it means he wants to prosper you. Amen. Look over, first I want, to, I want to do something else. Go to Matthew real quick, chapter 14. We're talking about this. Verses, let's look at verse 22. Jesus had been preaching... Just fed 5,000 people with a sack lunch. (laughs) 
And immediately he made the disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side of the lake. And he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. This is the Sea of Galilee we're talking about. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He let them out there paddling a long time. This was this the hours before dawn. Amen. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I just want to point out something. Proverbs thirty, verse five says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who trust in Him. Notice how the Word is pure. He is a shield. The Word and, and the, the Word and He are synonymous. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Amen. <laughs> All right. He to everyone who puts their trust in Him, He's a shield. Did Peter? Get out and walk on that water? Not really. He was walking on the Word. He was walking on the, the power contained in that Word come. Jesus said it, that settles it. And you know, when he sank, began sinking, began doubting. He looked around. This is impossible. What the heck am I doing out here? The wind and the waves. Got any wind and waves in your life? But you also have the Word of God. Where are you at? Believe and receive or doubt and do without. Amen. <laughs> I want to remind you of another story this morning. In the Old Testament. And of... Uh, Judges, chapter 6. Y'all heard of Gideon? Gideon, <clears throat> if nothing else, you've been in a motel room where you saw that name on a Bible in a drawer. <laughs> You're looking for a place to stash your other stuff. <laughs> Judges chapter 6 and 7. I'm going to have to, for time's sake, I'm going to just read a little bit and talk a little bit about this. Gideon 
was a man who lived in Israel a long time ago. He wasn't anything special. Even whatever was special about him, he didn't see it. They had been overrun by the Midianites, who was a, a strong group of people from the desert to the east, over there in the Middle East. They were riding camels. <laughs> and they, for several years, they would come and, and just take what they wanted from Israel. They'd let them grow their crops so they could come and take them. they let them have their wine so they'd come and get it. They'd come with hundreds of thousands and they'd bring their camels and their flocks to let them eat up everything that was there. It was a bad situation. And then one day Gideon was, they would hide and do what they could to get food to eat. So he was threshing wheat, beating the wheat, get the seed out. He was down in a wine press hiding down there so nobody from the Midianites would see him and come and take that. Try to feed his family. Amen. Starting at verse 11, Judges chapter 6 says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. If God says something about you like that, take it. Yes. Believe it. Because at that point, he had done nothing mighty. Done nothing great. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with you, then why then has all this happened to us? Fair question. Some people think you can't talk to God that way. Of course you can. As long as you really want the answer. And you're not just being a jerk. <laughs> and Gideon... Okay. And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? Now, I heard he was great, but I, I've seen no evidence of it. We're suffering here. <laughs> saying did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian and the Lord turned to him and said go in this might of yours again he's calling him mighty and save Israel from the hand of Midian do not I send you there it is again just like Peter on the water Go save your nation. Go save your people. Huh? And then he reminded him, I'm sending you. Isn't it me sending you? It's the same, I'm the same God that you just were talking about, that your forefathers told you about. I'm capable. But Gideon's thinking, but I'm not. Just like we would. <laughs> oh. Uh, 
And and he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Everything he saw about himself was small. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you. Hello. And you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak to me. Please do not depart from me here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay here. So Gideon goes and he he makes dinner for the the angel of the Lord. Probably Jesus pre-incarnate. Amen. And back then, they didn't just go microwave something. He had to go kill something. A goat, in this case. <laughs> Cook it, and everything goes with it. They brought it out. And the angel, you know what he did? <laughs> Made an offering to, to God. He burned it up. <laughs> but anyway. Then, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. That's what he said after that happened. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And Gideon built an altar there in the, and to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it still stands at Oprah, which belongs to the Abyssalites. So, a couple of things happened. The angel says, Before... I send you to go whoop this army. Uh, your people are serving false gods. A couple of false gods. You got some things going on here. They got altars to them in your town here. Tear them down. You got get you got to get rid of all the false gods in your life. You really want God to use you, Amen. I mean, that's fair, isn't it? I heard a story from a preacher one time. He says, man, I was in India. I was getting people saved by the thousands. Every day. Every day. And then he said, the Lord came and rebuked me. And he showed him that these people had hundreds of gods. Hundreds of gods. What did they care about adding one more? If he was as good and did all these things. As the guy was saying, so sure, we'll take him too. So after that, he he started making them pray to the exclusion of all others. Less people came. God didn't send Jesus to be tortured and treated the way he was and die a terrible death on a cross just to be one of the ways. I've sat with people and they talk about how good Jesus is. Yeah, I'm a Christian, this and that too. But, you know, if someone's of this or that, hey, they can't help that. They're, you know, I figure we're all going to get there if we do right. Say, man, you ain't saved. You ain't saved at all. First of all, it has nothing to do with your doing. It's your faith in what he did. And he's not just one of the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
and no one comes to the Father but by him. So he went and he tore down these these deals, this altar to Baal. He took ten guys and they tore it down. The next morning, the people of the town saw it and they were really ticked. They were going to kill him. But Gideon's dad was sharp. He said, hey man, you're going to kill my boy. Because he tore down this altar to your God, Baal. He said, if, if he was really a God, couldn't he kill him himself? And they were like, okay, you got us there. So he didn't get killed. He wasn't going to get killed anyway. He's doing what God told him to do. Amen. God wasn't finished with him yet. He ain't finished with y'all either. So what happened next? So Gideon began to, well, he put out a fleece. Remember I said I've been putting out a fleece for, 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 joy, for God, for joy. He put out a fleece. He's like, Lord, if this is really you, you really want me to do this. And let me put the fleece out. I might get this backward. He said, I'm going to put this, this fleece out. And in the morning, let it be. Let it be dry and the ground around it wet. I think that was the, it was, it was the reverse. But anyway, and that's how it was. And the next morning he said, well, okay, if it's really, really you, let it, let it be wet and the ground around it dry. And like I said, that could be reversed. I don't know. But, and then he did that. So God let him question him a little bit. Anyway, he puts together an army, puts the word out. An army of a hundred and... 35,000, let's see. No, it was 35,000. 30, 35,000. You can fact check me on that. 32,000. 32,000. Almost positive. <laughs> Trying to save time. 32,000. And remember, he's going up against an army of 135,000 of Midianites. So he still doesn't have a fraction of what he needs, really. You know, can do the math. But God said, you got too many men. You got too many. And I'm sure Gideon <laughs> like, man, are you kidding me? I thought I needed more. God says, I'll tell you what you do. You go tell all the ones that are scared to go home. I like that. <laughs> if I don't know if I can count on you, get, just go home now. <laughs> I don't want you at my back. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the kind, of, if I'm there with you, brother, I'm, I'm there till the end. We're in this together. I've done that to a fault. So that's why some of my body looks the way it does. <laughs> Nevertheless, 22,000 went home. <laughs> yeah, we're scared. <laughs> Go home. So, he said, you still got too many. Still got too many. And he did a thing where, like, when they're going to go down to the, the deal to get a drink out of this brook or whatever, he said, the ones that, that, that get down on their knees and use two hands like this, and then the ones that just get one hand, send the two-handed ones home. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because, again, because uh, the ones that with two hands, they, they're supposed to be prepared for battle. 
and they threw all their stuff down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the others were like, I got my spear out here. <laughs> anyway, he ended up with 300 men. 300 men. God said, otherwise, you might say you did this. If I leave too many men with you, you might say it was uh, y'all who beat them. I want y'all to know it was me. Jesus said, you can't do anything without me. He didn't say you can do some stuff. I think I said last week, I I can do some stuff. Yeah, but not, not the right stuff. Not within man to direct his own steps. So he had 300 men. And God says, put your... Get everybody a lantern, a, a, a lamp, put it in a, a pot, like a clay vase, right? So you, you know, so you can't see the lights, and give them all a trumpet. And then have them get all around this army of 135,000 people. And when I give the word, I want everybody to, to break that jar... So the light will be shown, make a heck of a noise, and blow these trumpets. And they also yelled something like, the sword of Gideon and of God. And man, it scared these, these guys literally to death, basically, because they started killing each other. <laughs> they turned on each other. <laughs> I can just see them just... Just slicing away in the darkness, you know, and killing their next door neighbor there in the tent next door. Anyway, they all took off and and they were routed, that army. And all the ones that had gone home, they, this army ended up running right into their countryside where they had gone home and they just started picking them off on the way through. And then Gideon later followed and, and they finished them off. They got the princes and the kings and they didn't bother them anymore. He stayed... The judge of Israel, they wanted him to be king. He said, no, only God is our king. They wanted him, but he was a great judge. He was wise. For 40 years he reigned as judge. And then he died and they went right back to what they were doing before. (laughs) But for, for his reign, they were with God. Amen. He was the fifth judge of of Israel. That's what got my attention about him. That's the number for grace. But I like this story because it it reminds us. You know, there's a there's a scripture, Romans uh, chapter fifteen, verse four. I'm almost done here. You'll get anything out of that? Yes, yes. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures we might have hope. Amen. Because one time I was... I asked the Lord when I was just a baby in Christ. I was like, Lord, you got some really embarrassing stuff about some of these people. 
you know. And he and he he put it in my heart, you know, you think too little you think too little of me. I didn't do it to shame those people. Matter of fact, he he got some really bad stuff about David in there and then turns around and says, David's a man after my own heart. He said, I put that stuff there for you to learn and to grow by. You know, that you can learn from their mistakes. You know, he put a prostitute in here that they spared and that ended up being one of uh, Jesus' uh, great-great-grandmother, Rahab, you know. (laughs) So, but we need to learn from these people. We need to learn from these stories. Gideon, you know, we laugh. We we love to see the stories in the Bible about people that uh, do stupid things. And Peter, you know, I always take a lot of encouragement from Peter because I just, you know, the ones that we think of as being sort of like us, you know, when he met Peter, he was just a cussing fisherman, just probably a brawler and a drinker and all that stuff. He's like, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And he's like, come on. Come on. I got this. <laughs> you know, I could just see, because even knowing the Lord like we do, we still fail him all the time, don't we? Imagine being there that night, that fateful night just before Jesus was treated the way he was. He turns to Peter and says, <laughs> Peter's like, I'll die with you. <laughs> He's like, oh really? Before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. Then he tells them all, don't worry about anything. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You just told one of us we're going to betray you and the other one he's going to deny you. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. I want to know what you got to say about me. Peter did deny him three times. But remember how cool Jesus was on the day I called breakfast on the beach after he was resurrected? And he was with the disciples there and he was cooking on the beach and they were coming in. Again, they didn't catch nothing. And once they realized it was him, you know, they jump, Peter jumps off the boat and swims ashore. And he asked him, you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Do you really love me? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Tears coming down now. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? (laughs) I'm taking liberties here. You can look it up. Exactly what was said. But he asked him three times. Why do you think he asked him three times? Because he denied him three times. He was giving him opportunity. He had already forgiven him. But he wanted Peter in his own heart to feel. That's why we go to God now. He died for our sins 2,000 years ago. Why do we go to him now and confess our sins? Just, Just so we feel better. So our heart is not condemned. Our conscience is cleared. So when the people you love the most or your biggest enemies throw it all in your face again you're like man I, I'm, I'm sorry about that but I'm already square with the Lord on that you know. let me make it up to you if I can but you're not beaten down you feel good you're strong enough to go 
beat the Midianites if you need to. <laughs> Amen. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, those who think they're wise in their own eyes. He uses people that don't have great accomplishments, that don't think much of themselves sometimes, that don't look like they could do much. And he loves that because he can't work The Holy Ghost will never work inside of pride. He's beautiful and perfect and awesome and holy. And whenever we rise up to fight, He steps back. And He waits. And He prays. And every once in a while He's like, Why aren't you trusting me? Why aren't you trusting me? I can't help you while you're like this. you got to come to the end of yourself. Remember last week we talked about dying to self and living for Christ. It doesn't mean everybody has to put on a robe and turn their collar around backwards. He doesn't despise your job, your work. He just wants to be seen at your work. You know what I mean? Second Corinthians four seven and I'll quit. There's a Christian group by this name and I like them a lot. Verse seven, Second Corinthians chapter four says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. This is the jar of clay, in case you're wondering. These earthen vessels came from the dust and we're going to return back to the dust. Amen. The good news is, if you know God, then your spirit has already been renewed. It's perfect and holy and sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You've got the very mind of Christ. All the peace, love, and joy, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control that you're wishing God would give you, you already have. The very mind of Christ is right there in that born-again spirit. You cannot discern it with your natural senses. All your natural senses will do is lead you to the world. That's your carnal nature. Until you renew your mind, your will and emotions, that's your soul, according to what's in that spirit. My words are spirit in their life. And this earthen vessel that returns to the dust, don't worry about it. You're going to get a new one, a good one, an incorruptible one that will last forever. Amen? Amen. (laughs) God accomplishes His plans on earth through people. When Jesus sat down at the right hand of the fathers because he was finished, he wasn't tired and he had given his authority over to the church through those first apostles and disciples. That authority is yours now. In the name of Jesus, you have authority over all the power of the devil, the works of the devil. 
but you have to believe it. You have to learn and grow in this word. You have to take the seed of God's word and plant it in the garden of your heart, protect it, nurture it, allow it to take root and bear fruit in your life. You can get so full of the truth that you can't stand the lie anymore. You ever notice how the closer you get to God, you know, it's like certain certain things. You just like the music you used to love, the shows you used to like to watch. Sometimes you're just like, eh, just turn it off. It's like, what are they glorifying? You know, who are they glorifying? That's such a lie. I hope people don't believe that. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us to come here together, your children, to worship you, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that today we have been helped. Somehow we've been healed in the places that we hurt. We've been empowered by understanding and the knowledge of Jesus and your word. We know more that you love us. We believe it. And we feel that you have prospered us and that you intend to continue to prosper us as we believe and and learn to grow and to live according to your spiritual laws that you've put in place for our benefit. Thank you, Lord, for helping us and, and allowing us to help others in the same way that we received help from you. Help us to love each other, Lord. You said this is how my disciples will be known, their love one for another. So let us start there, Lord. Let us just love on this group. If there are any needs, if there's anyone who's physically ill, financially burdened, mentally or emotionally stressed or hurt, Lord, help them now in Jesus' name. I just release your power into this setting and into this recording for whoever hears it in the future that we be healed, empowered, loved, and prospered right now with a greater revelation of what we do already have in you. You say that you have given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Well, we just receive it right now. We receive healing for our bodies. We receive the prosperity that we might live in peace and that we might always have plenty that we could be a blessing to others. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a great revelation of the love that you have for us, that we will live out of the overflow, and that everyone we come into contact with will feel your love from us. We thank you, Lord, for loving us the way you do and for providing so perfectly. In Jesus' name, amen.